0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So how does a socialist become the mayor of Buffalo? That was a question the producer already just asked me just before we went on the air. How does it happen? How does somebody who is very proudly a socialist, I mean, she'll answer that question So quickly, her name is India Walton, she got elected mayor of Buffalo. Now, understand she won the Democratic primary, but since nobody's actually in the Republican primary, this is what's going to happen. And she beat a four-term incumbent. How do people bring themselves to vote for socialists? Well, two things happen. First, we've decided that socialist is not a bad thing because we have allowed academia to make us think that there's a good value in this. We have allowed people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez, even though they have never once engaged a conversation of value that makes your life better, they get exalted and glorified in a media that says she can do no wrong. This is a woman who said quite clearly, it doesn't matter if you are factually or, or, or semantically correct as long as you are morally right setting up the very idea that she understands what morality is when absolutely we know that's not the case
1: i think that there's a lot
0: of people more concerned about being precisely factually and semantically correct than about being morally right that's her entire thesis that's her entire belief system that is everything what does it matter if what i believe in actually provides a value what does it matter if what i believe in and what i state and the policies i put forth can't actually be worked out on paper never mind in real life i feels it and as long as i have the feels that's all that matters and that's how you get a socialist in buffalo new york the people of Buffalo are going to suffer. This is not only a socialist, this is somebody who has been aggressively anti cop, as reported. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, always a pleasure, guys. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. And what's her line? When we think about socialism, you know, we're perfectly fine with socialism for the rich. We will bail out Wall Street and banks and give a billion dollars in tax incentives to one of the richest people in the world to build an empty Tesla factory in South Buffalo. And when it comes to providing the resources that working families need to thrive, socialism becomes scary at that point. So I'm very proud to be a Democratic Socialist. I am proud to have the support of the Buffalo Democratic Socialists of America and the National DSA. If you tell me that socialism got you an empty Tesla factory on, on the uh, south side of uh, of Buffalo, why would you then tell me you're proud to be a socialist? I mean, this is as ignorant as Joe Biden talking about guns as he did just yesterday. And then making the claim that, well, you know, with, 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 with guns, these, these people with the, with the guns, it's, they, they say it because you, you need to take on, uh, uh, take on uh, America, but you you, you, can't, uh, you can't take on America with, with, with just guns. That's literally what he sounded like. He sounded awful yesterday. He sounded old, weak, feeble. He looked old, weak, and feeble. And I have said before that I think he is more cogent than we realize he is just this bitter and angry of a guy. Well, I'm not so sure about the cogent part, but he is just this bitter and angry of a guy.
1: The Second Amendment, from the day it was passed, limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon, those who say the blood of of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it.
0: It was Eric Swalwell, the worthless congressman from California, who didn't even have the ability to have sex with a chinese spy sent to have sex with him yeah. i put out the theory that he never had sex I with a chinese I mean, spy cuz he's just not man enough I, I he wasn't man enough he was the sp- he was the the shaggy the spy was the shagger and he couldn't get with he couldn't get shagged i think that's the best way to put it shaggy shagger shagged and he once said, I don't know what good your guns are going to do you. The government has nukes. Government has nukes? All right, when, when the congressman said it, it, was just ignorant. When the president of the United States says it, it's disgusting. And I know that there's work out there from Republicans to censure him. Oh, my gosh, that's not even enough. Any elected official who doesn't look at President Biden and say, what the hell are you talking about? Isn't worth their salt. And what you will find is that no Democrat will say a word because they're all down with this. By the way, the expression about the tree of liberty comes from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the son-in-law of John Adams. And the quote is that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. He continues, it is its natural manure. I mean, if you, I don't know if you've ever read uh, the, 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 the letter in, in, in and of itself. You know, and, and it, it's, it's pretty interesting. We have had 13 states independent 11 years. There has been one rebellion. That comes to one rebellion in a century and a half for each state. What country before ever existed a century and a half without a rebellion? And what country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. The remedy is to set them right as to facts, pardon and pacify them. What signify a few lives lost in a century or two? The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It is its natural manure. I mean, that's that's some weighty stuff. And that's why when people talk about, I can't believe, an insurrection. No, it was not an insurrection at the Capitol. But insurrection, rebellion, is in our DNA. It is who we are. It is being able to survive such things. However, if you're going to engage in rebellion, you better not do it for light and transient causes, and you cannot be led by a guy dressed as a Viking, literally doing his impression of a centaur. If you have time to take a selfie, you are not in an insurrection. And let us take it a step further, this anti-gun zealotry. You're surprised that a socialist could win in Buffalo? Look at what the president of the United States just said. Listen to what he just said. Oh, you, the gun, and uh, you, you, you need more than a gun to take on the federal government. You'll need F 15s and nuclear weapons. January 6th, there's a riot at the Capitol, and we were told it was an attack on democracy meant to destroy uh, America. Now, six months later, I have the president of the United States telling me you need nuclear weapons to take on the federal government. Well, which is it? Do I need uh, the the weapons uh, of Hiroshima and Nagasaki or do I need a guy dressed as a Viking? Pick one. Pick one. You note that they don't have a standard they don't have a way of even engaging that has any level of connectivity and they don't care and their zealot followers don't care and here in indiana the indiana democratic party does not care it is meaningless to them All they want to do is push uh, Biden's rescue plan, more spending and more spending, never asking themselves whether it provides any value. They don't look at his statements on guns and say, hey, this is really an ugly thing to say to the American people, basically threatening the American people. No, they say, yeah, guns are bad. They don't actually know anything about guns. That doesn't mean that there aren't Democrats who know things about guns. Of course there are. I'm saying the Democratic Party doesn't know anything about guns, and they're proud of it. They engage in a nonstop circular masturbatory fantasy about their absolute inarticulate arguments about firearms. They revel in their ignorance. And that's how socialists get elected. Because what matters more? what policies they're actually pushing forward or that they scream racist every four seconds. And what they've determined is it only matters that they scream racist every few seconds. It's the only thing that matters to them. But as I said earlier, Biden on guns, Biden's despicable. Biden is a despicable guy. And I am, I'm very direct with the people who voted for for Joe Biden, because oh, we just couldn't have any more Trump. Nice work. I, I I mean that to be dismissive. That's how angry, and I'm not even. You know, there's a part of me that wants to say it much rougher, and there's a part of me that you know. Let me let me still find a way to connect with people, because what I really want is for people to say to themselves, they don't have to admit it to me, they don't have to say it out loud. All right, I made a mistake. Not going to do that again. I mean, there were other parts of Biden's speech. I mean, did you hear this?
1: Unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. Community policing and programs that keep neighborhoods safe and keep folks out of trouble. These efforts work. They save lives. But over time, these policies were gutted and are woefully underfunded. In our conversation today, we talked about our strategy to supercharge what works while we continue to push the Congress to act on sensible gun violence legislation. First, we discussed cracking down, as you heard from the Attorney General, on rogue gun dealers. We know that if there is a strict enforcement of background checks, then fewer guns get into the hands of criminals. Background checks have thus far kept more than three million guns out of the hands of felons convicted felons fugitive domestic abusers and others prohibited from being able to purchase a gun
0: we're not opposed to such a thing. no rational person is opposed to such a thing you're not hearing the opposition to background checks but who exactly is is this the, these these rogue, gun dealers. It would seem to the rational person, very obvious, that Joe Biden is saying to gun shop owners, you're the ones I'm looking at. But the legitimate gun shop owner is doing everything on the up and up because they have too much to risk, too much to lose, like their whole business and a whole bunch of jail time. There is no gun store owner you have ever run into who is looking to find someone to sell a firearm to who they know is questionable just knowing because that is antithetical to the experience that is antithetical to the, to the need the gun shop owner needs to sell to law abiding citizens who then come back for other uh, goods and gear and build up strong relationships. If there's a question about where the firearms come from or there's some questionable people that the firearms are being sold to, people won't show up. That would just be the market at play. But it seems that he, what Joe Biden is doing, and the people at BearingArms.com picked this up well, he's attempting to weaponize the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Against the firearms industry, going after gun stores as well as gun makers. Yet, this entire conversation, regardless of how disgusting it is on behalf of of Joe Biden, this entire conversation misses the larger point. That larger point being the gun is not the problem in the increase in violence, the increase in violence is cultural. The increase in violence comes from a lack of of people being able to have a a faith in self, never mind anything else, an inability to deal with one's own feelings. There's a series of things at play. Some people want to blame it on COVID. I don't actually think they're there. But there are some people who tell you, oh, the, the, the scientists agree. All right, well, the scientists agree. The one thing I know is it's not the gun. When there's a person in New York who is stabbed in broad daylight, no one ever says it's knife violence. Going after the gun is always the wrong position. What is causing people to engage in such violence? That is the question. And don't deny that it might be that we've told America police can't do anything to you because if they do, we'll just call them racist and get them fired. Could have a play. Maybe it's worth discussing. I'm Tony Katz. Come with me now. So the NFL is looking for bids on the scouting combine. Hello. Yeah, I need I really do hope Indy gets uh, to keep it. Tony Katz, so great to be with you guys facebook tony katz radio go to tony get the podcast if ari would actually post parts of the show you'd see that up there see what i did just called him out right there that was so passive aggressive of me unprofessional, unprofessional producer ari and i'd like to apologize to no one um you could also support the show at tony it's the combine right it's where the athletes come and they and the coaches are here and they're Going through drills and uh, everyone's kind of learning. whether you draft this person, draft that person, the other one. Um, Indianapolis has hosted the combine every year since '87, and so now it's up for bid in '23. Um, and what what people have realized is, is that the combines uh, uh, can become a bit of a uh, of a thing. Right, It can become a, a bit of a good time. So there are places that are bigger media hubs than Indianapolis that think if they have the combine, they can make a big deal out of it. Los Angeles or New York or Chicago. Look, in, in Indy has certain built-in advantages. And one of the advantages is, is that we are the best convention city in the country. Period. Compact downtown that has all the amenities. We also have Lucas Oil Stadium. We also have Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Wait until we see a soccer stadium down here with Eleven Park. Then you've got surrounding universities. You have a lot of things to take advantage of. uh, And they're building hotels left and right. They should be building more of them. Right? Uh, You have 1,400 credentialed media that show up for the scouting combine. It's the second highest in the NFL behind the Super Bowl. Everyone loves it. No one has ever complained. And it's it works here. It works well. But I can get why people are trying to take it. I mean, the it's it's an economic impact of about 10 million and there's another 10 million in just media exposure, right? Earned media. That's a big deal. It's a big deal for a city and it's a big deal uh for for the the local uh scene. And especially in a post-COVID world, one more thing, puts it on the map. People are like, ooh, maybe we should pay a visit there. It, it's, it's helpful. So what kind of deal can, can they make? I do not have, um, I do not know. But you've got uh, Chris Gall of Visit Indy. And you have Ryan Vaughn of the Indiana Sports Corp. And I got to assume that those two guys know how to put together a plan to keep it here. Right, we we in Indy know that there's a lack of leadership. There's a lack of leadership in the mayor's office. There's a lack of leadership in the city county council. But not with those guys. Not with some of the groups that have been working hard. Uh, we did the NCAA, right? And it wasn't because of the mayor or the city county council. It's because of these guys. So Gall and, and Vaughn, I think, can. If anybody can make it happen, it's them. And I certainly have all the faith in them to give it the best shot. This is Tony Katz today. You see this video of the Miami uh, apartment building? That is just crazy. So this story starts early in the morning, like 2 in the morning Eastern time. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, great to be with you. Where this apartment complex, it's a, it's a condo building, just collapses. And one part and then another part, and it's re- it's really frightening because those people in the second part just realized that there was this whole collapse, and then they collapse. They, I mean, 35 people have been rescued from the rubble, including children. One person is dead. How it's only one person is amazing. And the question is, what in the world led to this? How did this come to be? The answer is I don't know. So this is Surfside Florida, just a little bit north of Miami. 51 people I mean this was as of uh, this morning' still unaccounted for. We'll see. People are going to ask, how in the world this happened? And that's a, a, a rational, legitimate question. Are we? Are it, was it some kind of construction error uh, and now it just caught up to it? Was it something that in inspection was missed? Was there some kind of foul play? I have absolutely no answer, nor am I trying to guess at one. But, man, is it just a whoo. It's, it's frightening to look at. Absolutely. Then there's the story of CeCe Telfer. CeCe Telfer, known as Craig Telfer. And Craig Telfer was a hurdler. And as a man, Craig Telfer was fair. Better than me, he was, in 2016, he was 200th in the world. And in 2017, he was 319th in the world. That's pretty good. It's pretty good for, for average folk. It's not pretty good for the Olympics. Then he makes the decision that he is a she. And the next thing you know, it's a national champion only proving there's a difference between men and women. The Olympics have now ruled that CC Telfer in is ineligible to compete in the Olympic trials. U.S. track and field saying in a statement that Telfer failed to meet the world athletic requirements to be eligible for trials. Uh, Telfer had initially been on the list for Friday's opening heats. But the updated list did not include Telfer's name. It is only right that we recognize in a very honest way that men are not women and women are not men. It is also, I believe, only right that we don't start attacking people for this, that, or the other. It is imperative that in having this conversation, we say of people who are transgender, okay. But you do not get to make a decision that then forces other people to deal with your decisions. That is the argument that people who are supporting transgender athletes in sports not only refuse to listen to, but think that you are a bigot for stating. A female athlete trains all her life and then is told you have to compete against a male who has decided they are female. That is not right. It's as simple as that. It really and truly is. And the people out there who want to make claim that these girls and these women are somehow wrong for standing up to this bigotry and this hate well, I think those people are terrible. Absolutely, positively terrible. Gensaki Saki talking uh, about the border. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe there is a problem over there.
1: Uh, this trip on Friday. Which is being done in coordination with the Department of Homeland Security. Secretary Mayorkas is, of course, joining her on this trip. Uh, you know, and, and the planning and timing of it was done in coordination with them. Uh, is is part of the coordinated effort between her office, her work, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, to continue to uh, address the root causes and work in coordination uh, to uh, get the situation under control. So, if
0: we're what getting we the situation under control. That means the border is not under control, right? That's what it means. It means the border is not under control. And at long last, we finally hear from the administration admitting uh, that the border is in no way under control. Well, Well, that's just great. Right. Exactly. It's a little late. It's a little late for that. And she does it with a straight face. I'm not joking. This is my job. <laughs> with a straight face she does it. I think that's the part that's so just just absolutely amazing. The word, you know, w- with the border, I was saying this earlier. This is all her fault. All she had to do was go to the border two and a half months ago. Now, the question would then be, what have you done about it? But that's a different thing to have to answer. Why didn't you go? Well, what good is going? I mean, it's not like she could do anything just because she went. You show that you're in the fight. If it doesn't matter that she showed up at the border, does it matter that Ted Cruz went down to Cancun? No, it doesn't matter that Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Except of course it matters that he went to Cancun because when your constituents are suffering, you don't head for greener pastures. That's 101, baby. You're the vice president of the United States and you told Texas and New Mexico and California and Arizona to kiss off and die. You showed them no consideration. Just in the politics alone, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. And every time you get asked about it, every single time it comes up, all you know how to do is is stuff like this. Just quickly put a button. Do you have any plans To
1: visit the border, at some point, you know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border, so this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border—we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I I mentioned.
0: (laughs) She's always laughing. She's always got, got some kind of thing she's got to do. <laughs> That's Pete Buttigieg. His laugh is rough, not as rough as hers. <laughs> That's what it sounds like in hell. All I'm saying is she could have solved this whole problem. She created this problem. She did this to herself.
1: <laughs> okay, Pookie.
0: She did. I don't listen to her when, when she talked, you know, complains about her treatment. She did this to herself. Just so we understand it. So now what will this bring us? She goes to the border and what happens? Well, it's a question. She's going down with Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security who doesn't even believe that there's a problem at the border, thinks that it's well it's all Trump's fault. We've had to break it back down to build it back up. Isn't isn't that what Pelosi said? We had to we have to break it all back down because of 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 what Trump did. And then and then at at that time we can we can bring it back.
1: Well, they, uh, I, I believe I'm glad you asked that question in a larger sense, uh, instead of uh, uh, quoting the ridiculousness of the Republicans in the co- Congress. The uh, the fact is is that uh, we're on a good path at the border under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden, uh, there is, it's about three things. It's about restructuring how we do what is happening there because we were in a very bad situation under the Trump administration. It's about a refugee plan. That's
0: not true. Uh, the uh- It's not true. So we know it's not true. We understand that you're lying. And when this wasn't working for you, why didn't you just say so and correct course you add this to the conversation about uh, guns from joe biden which i i I haven't gotten over it's so so despicable what joe biden did the people who voted for joe biden should regret it they should absolutely regret it and that and that they don't or they won't you live your life baby you live your life. But you'll always know, and I'll know always know, late at night when no one's looking, you'll know you're wrong. Trump was a better choice. Mean tweets? This is a guy who actually says, uh, oh, you you can't actually defend yourself. We've got ourselves the uh we got ourselves nuclear weapons. Good lord. And I broke down for you how uh how Kurt Schlichter went through this, uh the the retired army colonel. Do you actually think the military would be on your side if the country descended into that? Maybe you shouldn't even joke about such things. Maybe that should never go through your head or come out of your mouth. Maybe. Just maybe you shouldn't do it. One man's theory. And then as we've been talking about what's going on in critical race theory... You have this group called Free to Learn Coalition running ads on cable networks and in local markets, New York, Arizona, Virginia, and they're running a million dollars in ads focused on critical race theory and the fight against it. If you follow me on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, you'll see the piece from Charles Cook over at National Review and the piece from Andrew Sullivan over at Sully Dish. Regarding critical race theory and two things that we've been discussing here. First of all, hashtag the great pushback. Yes, people are pushing back and rightfully so. And secondly, you will see the absolute sophistry at play. Oh, critical race theory, that's that's for colleges. We don't teach that. No, you're not teaching it. You're teaching in it. You're doing everything around it. And you're saying that when people call it critical race theory, they don't know what they're talking about. A sophist's garbage argument. What they cannot handle is that we the people are on to them and we're not giving up. That the parents are not only unafraid, they're doubling down. They don't care what happens to their business or to their personal life. They don't care if they lose friends. Their kids are worth it. And then you have radical teachers doubling down as well. And radical teachers need to be removed from the classroom. And if that means breaking the teachers union in two, then break the teachers union in two, break them in half, a million dollars in ads going to get run discussing what's going on with critical race theory. By the way, of course there are teachers teaching critical race theory. This goes without saying. It's happening everywhere. It's It's wonderful to see parents fighting back. Really good to see. I'm Tony Katz.
1: I'm in a war with myself. We go back to my place. Take my makeup So you've
0: got this British warship in the Black Sea. It's doing its thing. Next thing you know. There's a Coast Guard boat from Russia. Little Coast Guard boat. Big British warship. And what happens next? The Coast Guard boat says, hey, you better change course or I'll fire. And the Coast Guard boat fires at the British warship twice. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. I Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Russian warplanes joined in, buzzing the destroyer. Four bombs dropped onto its path. The defense ministry says the Royal Naval Ship crossed Russia's maritime border. So the, the destroyer kept its course until confronted by the Russian Coast Guard vessel. More than 20 aircraft were overhead of what's known as the HMS Defender. I mean, this was this was silly. But it's very important to understand that, that first, en- engaging in this way is very, very Russian. It's a very Putin thing to do. It's what he likes to do. It's how he proves how tough he is, how strong he is. Second... You understand that he gets into a lot of these kinds of things, not only unprovoked, he's looking to provoke. He's looking to poke, is Vladimir Putin. He's looking to push. He's looking to prod. This is who he is. So you see him buzzing uh, signal operations in terms of uh, satellite uh, planes and, and uh, other, other warships. They do it all the time. But now that they're into firing, maybe we should get into the idea of firing. I don't know. The Coast Guard ship is right there. Next time it bothers a U.S. warship, I think it's target practice. Pew, 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 pew. And honestly, you should have somebody on, on a loudspeaker going, pew, 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 pew. That's how it should work. Because it's just a game to us. You want to drop bombs from overhead? I think we should target. I think we should send out a, a, a couple of uh, planes and, and get all Maverick on them. Just just one person's idea. I'm not interested in a fight. I'm interested in being left alone. You understand that's my foreign policy. I'm ever president of the United States. I'm telling you now what my foreign policy is. My foreign policy is to leave us alone. But if you bother us, we're going to beat the mother holy hell out of you. We're going to beat you till you can't see straight. You're going to beg us to stop and six months later we'll consider it. That's how much we're going to beat you. Then again, it's us. It ain't going to take six months because I don't do things in a pinpoint style. If I'm bothered, we're just going to handle the problem. But Russia likes to poke and prod and provoke, and there's going to come a moment where you got to do something about that. I mean, maybe that's what they want, but maybe not how they want it. Maybe that's the answer. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. This is Tony Katz Today. Tomorrow, everyone.